over the next few weeks as, as we prepare to regather. I'm going to be preaching a, a three-part message. You know, I, I thought about preaching it all in one, but, you know, I, I, tend to, I tend to hit right about an hour, and I'm trying to work on that uh, and uh, to keep it shorter uh, because I know the heart can only stand what the seat can endure. So, um, uh, so I, try to, I try to limit that a little bit. But um, So I'm dividing this up into a three-week series. To, as we're preparing to regather. For the last couple of years, we, we had a, a fresh start Sunday uh, at the end of March, and, and uh, we encouraged our friends and family to come and take part in a, uh, as we encouraged a fresh start in Jesus. And, and we saw, we saw uh, several folks saved in those fresh start Sundays over the last couple of years, and I'm thankful for that, so thankful for what God did in those services but I believe that Crosspoint needs a fresh start. I believe that God's people right here in our church need a fresh start. And if you're, if you're watching today and you're not a part of Crosspoint, you're a guest or something, hey, God has a fresh start for you. And, and it may be that it starts with a, a new relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you, you're not, uh, in, uh, in a relationship with Him. Maybe you've, maybe you've been religious. Maybe you've been Christian by culture or tradition in your family, maybe a family tradition, but you've not been a Christian according to the Bible definition. Maybe you've not been born again. And today, God wants you to have a fresh start. He wants you to, uh, to see His goodness and His grace and to enter into a relationship with Him. That's what God wants for you. And, and I want to encourage you to, to come to Him in faith and to trust Him. And I pray that as you see the goodness of God through His Word and through the preaching today, I pray that you'll be drawn into the, uh, that relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, we have a, a unique opportunity to have a fresh start as a church family. It's a new beginning as we come out of quarantine and begin to meet together on a regular basis once again. So let's all join together in this commitment to let God have his way in our lives, for God to have his will in our hearts and, and our church as we pray, Lord, thy will be done in LA as it is in heaven. I want to encourage you to listen to the messages over the next few weeks and, and make them personal. Let's not think about how much somebody else needs this. Uh, let's, let's realize that we're the ones I am the one, you are the one that needs this message and the messages in, over the next few weeks. When we take these challenges and turn them into prayers and, and put them into action, there's, not, there's no telling what God is going to do. Now, these things I'll be preaching, these, these truths, it's nothing new. It's, it's good reminders of, of what God has, has said in his word. These are very familiar calls to action, but often we're not good at sticking with them and following through. You know, thinking about preparing to go back to regathering and this, this fresh start. I, I, I'm, I, I realize that so often we, 
we begin to do these things and then let them fall by the wayside, like a New Year's resolution. You know, I mentioned we get ready for a new year and uh, we'll make a New Year's resolution. And it's, and it's sometimes uh, January 1st in the afternoon when we break those resolutions, right? And that's being generous. Uh, so often we, uh, it, it's not very long before we, before we let the, the commitments go. But we're not just to be preparing to regather. We need to, we need to, to set ourselves in, in a position to, in a commitment where we are not going to, to move, uh, backwards, but we're going to be moving forwards as we're preparing not only to regather, but we're preparing for the coming of Christ. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying Jesus is coming in three weeks. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not one to put a date on that. Uh, but I do believe his coming is, is, uh, is imminent. I believe he could come at any moment. And I, I believe that you and I need to live with eternity in view. We need to live our lives uh, in such a way that we will not have to be ashamed at his coming. When I stand before Jesus Christ, I want to bow my head in humility and in worship of him who's sitting on that throne and, and praising him for, uh, for all that he did to make it possible for me to be there. I want to hang, I want to bow my head in worship. I don't want to have to stand before him hanging my head in shame because I didn't live my life in a way that would be pleasing to him. Notice it's the same motion, but a different motivation. Our head is going to be hung, uh, is going to be down. Our, our hands perhaps will be lifted in praise, uh, to him. But, uh, but I don't want it to be because I'm ashamed of what I've done. I want to be, I want to be worshiping him and excited to see him. I want to say with, with, uh, with the apostle John, uh, as he said there in Revelation, even so come Lord Jesus. But I want to be ready. I want to be found faithful. I want you to be ready. I want you to be found faithful. And, and we want, as, as we are moving toward this regathering, uh, at church and as we are looking to this fresh start, uh, we want God to do something big. And He can. He will if we will do what His Word teaches. So, so what, what can he do? Well, in the past, there have been some great movements of God across, across countries or regions because a few people decided to get totally right with him and to ask him and to use them and to do what only he can do. Many have been praying for another great awakening, another, another great revival in our land and, and I believe, I believe God wants to do it. I believe he can do it and I believe he will do it if we will do as he prescribes in his word. So let's see God do it. As always, it's important uh, to understand that every time the Lord worked mightily in the world, it starts with his people getting right. It starts with believers getting on their knees and humbling themselves, praying and seeking the face of God and turning from their wickedness. That's what he said in 2 Chronicles 7.14, isn't it? 
If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he said, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Oh my, how we need a healing in our land. Not just a healing of coronavirus. But we need a healing of, of men's souls, men's, and, uh, men's hearts. And I, I say men, but I'm talking about humanity, mankind. And we've read the stories of the Great Awakening and the Second Great Awakening uh, that, where God used the preaching of George Whitfield and, and, and uh, the Wesleys and, and John, John Ed, Jonathan Edwards there in the Great Awakening uh, to, see, to see thousands saved. We, we've read of the second great awakening where God used Charles Finney and many others to, to preach the word of God and see thousands saved. We, we've read about uh, and, and heard about the uh, other, other revivals throughout the, the years, uh, the great Welsh revival, and, and we've read about the, the Jesus movement and, and others where God has done such a great work turning men's hearts to him. But it didn't start because it didn't start because somebody just stood up and began preaching the gospel and a bunch of people started getting saved. It started when when just a few people decided, hey, I want to be totally right with God. And they got on their knees and they began to pray and said, Lord, please search my heart and know me, uh, know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. And Lord, be glorified in me. And they began praying and pouring their hearts out to God and seeking him truly seeking God not not oh God would you would you do this to make to help us to have a big church or or would you do this to help us to to be able to uh, they, they weren't they weren't even necessarily paying uh, praying to pay the bills they were praying for God's will to be done and for hearts of men and women to be turned to God. We've heard about it and we believe it. And we believe today that it's still doable. We, we understand that it's not a movement by man. It's not a movement of man. But it's a moving of hearts by God when God is moved by the total dependence of his people. When we are calling on him in faith and repentance and we are turning to him and, and getting our lives in line with him, submitting to him and, and following his word. The psalmist said in Psalm 44, uh, we have heard with our ears, O God, what, the, what our fathers have told us. What work thou didst in their days in times of old, how thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand and plantest them, how thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favor unto them. Thou art my king, O God. 
command deliverances for Jacob. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day. Praise thy name forever. The psalmist is saying, Lord, we've heard what you've done in the past. We've heard what you did for our fathers. And we're just going to trust you to do the same for us. And we're going to praise you like you've already done it. We're going to depend on you. Later on in that chapter, the psalmist goes on in verse 20 and he says, If we've forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Yea, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Sometimes it seems that it seems that maybe God's asleep, but he's not asleep. Maybe we've not trusted in him enough to, uh, for him to do the work that, that he wants to do. And so to us, it seems like he's asleep, but he's not. He's not a God that's far away. He's a God that's sitting there uh, waiting on me and you to turn our hearts to him and to humble ourselves before him and to get right with him because he wants to do a great work. Wherefore, hidest thou thy face and forgettest our afflictions and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly cleaveth unto the earth. Arise for our help and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. So often we seem to have the idea that God is far away and that we have to be sensational in our prayers to get his attention. Kind of like the, the prophets of Baal there in, there in 1 Kings when Elijah uh, called to, for this meeting of the prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Baal and, and prophets of the groves. And there was King Ahab and there was all of Israel and the armies of Israel there uh, that met on Mount Carmel. And here comes the, the one man of God up there, Elijah, and they build these altars. And, and, and he told the prophets of Baal, uh, lay your, your offering on the altar and, and you call call on your God, Baal, to send fire from heaven. And he said, he said, and if he sends fire from heaven, then he's the God. He said, he said, and then I'll, I'll call on God to send fire from heaven. And, and if he sends fire from heaven, then you'll see he's God. And so the Bible tells us that those prophets of Baal built their altar and, and, and butchered their sacrifice and laid it there on the altar and and they began to cry out. Oh, Baal, hear us, they would cry. And, and as, the, as nothing began to happen, they would get, they'd get more and more uh, uh, flamboyant or whatever you might want to call it. They, and, and the Bible says they began to cut themselves until the, until the blood was gushing out. And they'd, they'd dance on the altar. Now, I mean, how much sense does that make? They're asking him to send fire onto that altar, and they're dancing on the altar. And they're crying out for Baal to send this fire, and no fire ever came. Then Elijah comes, and they build the altar, and they butcher the sacrifice and lay it on the altar. And he says, now that's not enough. Let's dig a trench around it. They dug a trench, and he says, now I want you to take these barrels and go down there to the brook and, and fill these barrels with water and pour it, on the, pour it on the sacrifice and on the altar. And they poured it on there. He said, do it again, and they did it again. He said, do it again, and they did it again, and saturated that offering. 
saturated the altar and the water filled up the, the trench around the altar and was running over. And then Elijah just prayed a very simple prayer. God, would you show them that you're real and that I'm your prophet? Boom, the fire fell. We don't have to be sensational. We just have to be genuine, real. Get real with God. Now, Elijah had prayed, had been praying for three and a half years for God to do something. Elijah had been praying for three and a half years for God to do a work and to turn the hearts of the people. And scripture is clear that what gets God's attention is not sensationalism. It's not, it's not the, the hooping and hollering, but it's when God's people are humble, broken over sin, surrendered to the reality that they need him. So today, as we look at part one of this three-part message, I want to challenge you to open your heart and let Jesus do his work. We say we want him to, we pray and ask him to, but we live like he's not going to. We even allow things in our lives that our lives that would hinder him from hearing and answering our prayers. Often the things that stand in the way are unseen by us. They're blind spots to us. We need others to help us recognize these areas in our lives. These areas where we need to grow or we need to repent. It's helpful to have friends and family or maybe even a spouse or a parent or a Christian life coach, if you will, your pastor or your disciple or your growth group leader who will lovingly bring these things to your attention. There are times like the one that we're currently experiencing when Gathering together like that and having the having those encounters, it's it's difficult or maybe impossible. Um, and that's why it's always wonderful that we have the Holy Spirit of God. If you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, the Bible tells us that we that that you have the Holy Spirit. Having having trusted Jesus, I have the Holy Spirit, and He indwells us as believers, and he's there to lead us and guide us into all truth. He's there to convict us uh, of sin and, to, and to, to show us the way that we're to live. So if you want to be totally right with God, for God to do a great work in and through you, if you want your family to be totally right, if, you want our if we want our church to be totally right, then you and I need to, we need to seek God. We need to get on our knees and begin to pray and, and realize that He is what we need. We don't need, a, as much as we like sports, we don't need sports. As much as we like shopping, we don't need shopping. As much as we like the, the entertainment, we don't need all of that stuff. What we need is God. We need him to do a work. Maybe in these next few weeks of social distancing, as they call it, maybe you and I can take this time to get on our knees and to spend some real, some real meaningful time with God saying, as the psalmist did, search me, O God. Maybe we can get in, in the Word of God and begin to read it and, and let the Word of God speak to us. God spoke in time past, the book of Hebrews tells us, by, by His prophets, 
But now he speaks to us through his son, through his word, and, and we can, we can read his word and we can listen as the spirit of God is speaking to us and, and we can pray and seek God. And when we seek God, we can say to him, Lord, I want to be right with you. Would you search me, oh God, and know my heart? Try me and know my thoughts. If you will, turn to Psalm 139 and verse 23 and 24. This is what we're going to be looking at briefly today. I'm not going to take a lot of time, I want to, but I want to get these truths and, and drive them home in our hearts. He says, search me. In the, the verses, in the verses here in, in, in this psalm, Psalm 139, uh, he, he starts out and he talks about how, how God has known him. He says, Lord, you've known, you've searched me and known me. You know my down sitting and my uprising. You know, you've understand, you understand my thoughts afar off. And he goes through and he talks about how God has known him. And yet he still comes here at the end of this chapter and he says, search me, O God. And know my heart. You know, the Bible tells us that, that the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I'm glad that God knows it. I'm glad that God knows our heart. And church, I, I just want to, I just want to speak to you for a few minutes and encourage you to pray and ask God to search you. See, there are things that we'll excuse. There are things that we'll overlook, but the Holy Spirit of God, He's not going to look, He's not going to overlook sin. He's not going to just, you know, gloss over it and, and say, well, that, that's, you know, He didn't mean to do it that way. No. Hey, if we have a wrong attitude, if we have a wrong action, if we have a, a sinful and an evil thought, God, the Holy Ghost is going to see that and He's going to call it to our attention. He's going to convict us of it. And He wants for me and you to humble ourselves and confess it and get it right. Because here's the thing. He wants it to be right. He's not there waiting to just smack you upside the head. That's not what he's waiting for. He's, he, he delights in showing mercy. That's why he said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's why he invites us to confess our sin, and he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's why he, the Bible shows us over and over and over that the message of Scripture is a message of grace and restoration and, and, and forgiveness where God is giving us this relationship and this fellowship with him that we don't deserve. But he does it because he loves us. That's what he wants for you. That's what he wants for me. He wants us to be able to walk with him in close fellowship. But it can't happen with sin in our hearts. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Lord, I, I can't trust my heart. I can't trust my heart because my heart will tell me I'm right when you say I'm wrong. Lord, and, and my, heart, my heart will be drawn to the things that are sinful and worldly. And, and, you, and you're saying that, that I shouldn't do that. But Lord, help, me, help my heart, Lord, to turn from the things that are, that are worldly and help my heart to be set on you. Paul said, 
set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. See, as believers in Jesus Christ, we were dead in trespasses and sins, but we're alive unto God through Jesus Christ. Now, we're no longer dead in trespasses and sins, but we should be dead to sin. Paul said, reckon yourselves also to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. And as we yield ourselves to God, he helps us to be dead to sin and alive to him. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of the Holy Spirit at, uh, at work in your heart and mind to help us to live that life that is resurrected uh, to new life in Jesus Christ. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Hey, I, I want you to know my heart, God, because I, I don't know it. It's a liar. It, it, it lies to me. It convinces me that I'm okay when you say I'm not. Lord, you know my, I want you to know my heart, and I want you to lead me. I want you to show me what's real, what's right. He says, search me and know my heart. He says, you've possessed my reins. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. See, God, God has known us. God knows us. And he, he recognizes human life in the mother's womb. And he loves every life, even the unborn lives. God has, has loved us since before that. And he's seen everything that has happened in our lives, good and bad. He's seen the, the choices that we've made. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord uh, roam to and fro throughout the earth. His, he sees the evil. He sees the good. says, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance and yet being unperfect in thy book, all my members were written when in continuance they, they were, uh, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. He says, Lord, you've, you've known me from then. I want, I want you to search me and know me now. Know my heart. Know what's there. And then, Lord, not only search me, but try me. The word try here, it's, it's test and, and prove it and, and, and reveal what's inside. Often because of the hardness of our heart, what it takes is breaking to reveal what's inside. This try me, that he, this, what he's, this terminology here that he's talking about, it's the same as, as uh, Scripture talks about the, the Word of God is 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 pure as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Uh, and, 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 he t and Peter talks about, uh, marvel not at the fiery trial, which is to try you. And what he's saying here is, Lord, I want you to, I want you to test me and prove me and see what's inside. Show me what's really on the inside. See, uh, a, a goldsmith or a silversmith will take the, take those metals and they'll put them into the fire and the fire will melt it. And the, and the, 
and the um, impurities will come to the top and, and they will, uh, the, it's the dross and he'll, he'll remove that and, and he'll continue to put that in there as, and the dross will continue to be burned and, and come out and revealing what's in there. And what's going on is he's purifying that, that precious metal. And the psalmist is saying, Lord, I want you to search me. But Lord, I'm asking you to, to do with me whatever it takes to reveal the impurities in my heart so I can be right with you. Try me and know my thoughts. Lord, I know I can hide, I can hide my inmost thoughts from, from friends and family, even, even my siblings or my spouse or my parents. But Lord, I can't hide it from you. Would you, would you test me? Would you try me? Would you prove, would you show me, expose to me my sin? Expose to me my worldliness. Expose to me my wickedness. Know my heart. Try me. The Bible says in Mark chapter 7, for from within, out of the heart of man, uh, proceed evil thoughts, murders, uh, adulteries, fornications. Uh, he's, so all of these things are from within and they defile the man. Lord, you know what's in my heart. Would you try me and show me what's, what's there? Reveal those things to me. And then as he does reveal it to you, let's be quick to confess it. Let's be quick to forsake it. Let's not get upset when God allows a circumstance to come into our life to try us. Let's not get mad at God when he, when he brings this circumstance along this situation to reveal what's in us. See, I, I, I like coffee and, and I, I usually have a cup of coffee close enough where I can just grab it, uh, and, and drink some. And, and, uh, and when, when I'm drinking coffee, I am not surprised when I, when I pour it, when I lift it to my lips and pour it in that coffee is what I taste. Because I've, I'm drinking coffee, but if if I had coffee in the cup and I went to drink it and it tasted like orange juice, that, there'd be something wrong there. It'd probably be some really bad old coffee or something. But um, what's inside is what comes out, and and God is going to reveal what's inside us when we begin to pray. God, show me what's in me. Try me and know my heart. Uh, he says, uh, know, "Know my thoughts." And then he says, "Lead me in the way everlasting." So when God reveals, searches us, He's going to find those things. When He tries us, He's going to reveal those things. And, and, what's, and what he wants us to do is he wants us to humble ourselves and say, God, I'm sorry. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But then he doesn't want it to just be, Lord, I'm sorry. And then that's it. He says, lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, I want to go your way. I don't want to go my way. I don't want to put myself in a position for my heart to draw me away from your will and your way anymore. Lord, lead me in the way everlasting. The, the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. See, if we, if we live our lives to promote ourselves or, or, or whatever so people get to know us, they get to the end of their life and, and what does that mean? I'll tell you what it means for them. 
It means hell. If they know us, but they don't know Jesus, it means hell for them. If, if we live our lives, though, in a way where we're pointing people to Jesus and showing them his goodness and his righteousness, if he is exalted in our lives, that's really all that matters. Lord, lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me so I can lead others and pointing others to you. Lord, I want my life to be a reflection of you. I want my life to be lived in, in humility and submission to you so others can see not Philip Jones, but they see Jesus in my life. When we're in the, in the habit of following Jesus as he's leading us in paths of righteousness, then, then even if he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear evil because we know we're following Jesus. What a blessing it is to know that Jesus will lead us. What a blessing it is to know that Jesus will do this work in our hearts and lives and we can, we can, be, we can be right with him and totally used by him. What a blessing it is. See, if we're wanting God to do the great things and do the big works in our community, in our city, it starts with me and you. It starts with us saying, search me, oh God. I wonder today, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to humble yourself before God and say, God, search me? Are you willing to submit yourself to God and ask him to reveal in you anything that is not right? Are you willing to submit to him to say, Lord, whatever situation it takes to, to reveal the evil in my heart, the wickedness in my heart, Lord, would you do it and help me to, to, to humble myself and to submit myself to your work? Often, it takes the fire to reveal those impurities. It takes the hard times. And in our Americanized Christianity, we're resistant of that. We say, no, 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 I don't, I don't want the fire. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be, I don't want the situation to be difficult. I just want it to be smooth sailing. Charles Wesley wrote, Should I be carried to the clouds on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize or sailed through bloody seas? No, 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 no. They, and what he's writing about is, is living for Jesus and facing persecution. But what about when there's things in our life that's not right with God? And he's wanting to cleanse us and purify us so he can use us greatly. I wonder today, will you humble yourself? Will you let God do his work in you? Will you let him reveal those things in you? Will you ask him to search you? I said at the beginning, perhaps what you need when it comes to a fresh start is, is to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. I wonder today, will you yield yourself to him? Will you 
Will you see that he is a good God who loves you and he wants to bless you and he wants to do great things in your life, but he, but he will not necessarily do those things until you humble yourself and, and trust him, receive his gift of eternal life. See, he loves you even though you're a sinner and he gave himself on the cross to forgive you of your sins and to save you. He gave himself to, to pay the penalty for your sin. So, so you don't have to face the fire of, of his, uh, of, so you don't have to face the fires of hell in judgment for your sin. He wants to forgive you and remove that from you and give you a new life in Christ. Would you come to him today and trust him? Would you receive that gift of eternal life? And as a believer in Jesus Christ, would you, would you ask God to search you and help you to be ready, ready, ready for his coming, ready for our regathering, but ready to be used of God? Whether, whether quarantine ends today, tomorrow, or next week, or a month from now, or a year from now, hey, let God use you. Let him have his way in your life. I'm going to ask Levi to come, and, and he's going to sing a song uh, for us today as we, as we uh, go into this time of invitation, this time when we reflect upon what God has said to us in his word. And, and as we reflect upon, upon what God has said, we want to submit ourselves to him, and we want to, we want to yield ourselves to him for him to do his work in us and through us. And if you'd like to talk to somebody about having this relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to reach out to us right now. You can message us or you can send us an email to info at crosspoint.la or send us a direct message if you're watching on Facebook or something like that. Hey, reach out to us and let us know because we want to do what we can to help you. We want to show you from God's word how you can know that you have a, have a relationship with God, that you can have eternal life. If you'd like to talk to somebody about, about the message today, praying, search me, oh God, hey, reach out to us as well. But however God has dealt with you, I want to encourage you right now, let's bow our heads and pray and ask God to search us, to know our hearts, to try us, know our thoughts, see if there be any wicked way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. Let him have his way in your life.